0: You're listening to a podcast of Spurious Morality.
1: Hello and welcome to a podcast of Spurious Morality. I'm Johnston and this week with me I have Mansour. Hello. And I have Connor. Hello. And uh, we are following up on an episode that we did a couple of weeks ago uh, and we're finishing off Dalek Universe. So we we kind of left you on a cliffhanger. Um, we, We finished the second set, we finished The Lost. It was an excellent episode and the Doctor and Anya got a message from a Dalek saying hello sweetie uh so we knew River song was gonna turn up um and well River song's not turned up for this podcast sadly but um we, we've got us three so we'll be all right um so we're going to look at the final uh Dalek universe sets in this episode and we're also going to talk about uh Any kingdom as a character and Dalek universe as a series and whether we'd like to see more series like this um so we're just kind of we're mopping up, and uh, it's it's good to be back to talk about this because it, it was really really good talking about the first couple of sets. Um, so this one is just as good. The finale. Um, so let's let's crack on. So we'll go straight to the first sun, which is the first episode in this final set, uh, and it's it's the River Song episode. We've got Alex Kingston looking like a Mavellan on the cover, which was. Pretty, uh, pretty weird when it was first announced. I thought um, interesting idea. Let's see where this is going. And it's it's kind of as bonkers as the cover first suggests. It's the gist of it is basically River is pretending to be a Mavellan and pretending to not know the Doctor for reasons. Um, well, the reason being uh, a child Mavellan. I feel as though a Mavellan child should have another name. But anyway, um, so the first son, the first episode in this set. Uh, do you want to go first, Mansoor?
2: Yeah, this works quite well following on from the previous one, because sustains the mystery or confusion about what's actually going on. Um, I think the Mavellans are quite are used quite well in these episodes, uh, and like obviously there are lots of Daleks in this one, but I've appreciated how across Dalek universe the Daleks have been used quite sparingly, uh, and I think that's a really good decision. Uh, I mean, some people might be disappointed by that, given that their name's in the title, but we do have a lot of Dalek stories, so it's nice to uh, to explore the other races and species uh, uh, around them, rather than the, the Daleks directly um yeah and uh, and rivers good in this i think um there's a there's a whole sort of area of time where if david tennant had stayed on for stephen moffat's era we would have gotten a lot of stories with alex kingston and david tennant that seemed to be very much the intention of silence in the library where she's saying uh, about how young his face looks and all of that um but we never got that, so it's nice that we do have stories like this on Big Finish, and we've got that whole River and Ten box set as well that that fills out some of their their interactions. Um, so yeah, uh, nice strong start to the last box set, and it's uh, like like all the episodes do. It leads very nicely into into the next one as well.
1: I think we absolutely had to get Alex Kingston in there, you know, another River and Tenth Doctor meeting. Um, And we we had had the Tenth Doctor and Riversong by this stage, hadn't we? I think that came out about a year earlier. So we had had the two of them at Big Finish, but I think Riversong had to fit into this set somehow. And I think she doesn't feel shoehorned in. She doesn't feel as though she shouldn't be there. Actually, it makes sense that she'd, kind of bump into the Tenth Doctor at this sort of weird pre-Time War stage that he's found himself at. Um, Connor, what are your thoughts on it?
0: I'm not 100% sure about this one, um, just just compared to the others. It's still a very, very good story. It's, it's, it's a strange one. I think if you're getting Alex Kingston in to play River Song and having her be disguised for the entire story, bar a few lines at the end, as a Movellan. Ellen, um, you're not getting the most dynamic performance from her. Now it's, it's worth saying her performance is great. Her performance, I think for what she's given is incredible. She walks this very, very fine line between us thinking she's a Mavellan and us thinking it's River song. I, I genuinely think it could have gone either way in this case, whether, you know, they could have revealed that she was playing him a villain copy of River and River had actually met them, you know, years before or whatever. I think that if that reveal had been in it, it would have worked. Right. Um but I, I I think whenever Alex Kingston turns up in Doctor Who, I want something a little bit more dynamic and a bit more interesting than her doing what is effectively a monotone voice, you know, throughout so it's it's a wee bit of a weird one just though it's written it's not really what I wanted from a river song story um i would have preferred something a little bit more involved as far as river song herself goes but this this is okay um I think Cayman verse is a great villain um genuinely threatening and genuinely quite scary just this um uh, this this young more emotionally aware or more creatively some I'm a villain with more of a capacity to think creatively I think that works great great villain and I enjoy him and the doctor sort of facing off against each other at different stages throughout this so that's 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 a major plus in its favor it just doesn't quite do what I want from a river song story unfortunately um although it was lovely to hear her uh, turning up in this.
1: I suppose keeping River in disguise till the bitter end kind of removed a potential level of threat from the story as well. Um, you know, she was she was staying in character to uh, for a reason, obviously. And if she'd have broken character, then the situation would have got a lot worse. So it was kind of interesting how actually they just kept it up till the end. Maybe they didn't want to go too big, too massive, before the big epic Daleks versus Mavellons two-part finale. Um, but it's I like this as a way of introducing the Mavellans and kind of getting little bits um, and the characters and so on into the places they need to be for the finale. And it, it's just like that one last shuffle of the board before we uh, we move into something a bit bigger. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a fun little episode. It's a great opener for this last set. It sort of, we, we are past the um, sort of more low-key uh, stage of this series. Now, I think it's fair to say that House of Kingdom and everything in the second set was a little bit more low-key. There was nothing too big and epic and out there. Uh, but now we have moved into a things explode a bit more kind of phase of the story i guess just the stakes are growing um and that i guess takes us nicely into the next episode which is the dalek defense the first part of the two-part finale um i suppose the the big big thing about this episode is as well as again just maneuvering characters into places and having certain um certain things happen, such as Davros arrive and you know, Davros comes into the story because he had to, it wouldn't be a big epic pre-time war Dalek thing without him. Um and this is this is a really good one for Terry Malloy. Um I, I really, really like what we've got here. He's kind of in a similar role to Resurrection of the Daleks and I think that's perhaps the best story from Davros's point of view, maybe, uh one to argue there um so yeah we i quite like this but i think the big thing in this story is obviously the cliffhanger it's it's the thing that it builds up to which i think for various reasons we we kind of saw coming we kind of knew was was going to happen before it happened or we had a good inkling it was or certainly as you're listening through the story you probably got a good idea of who the big bad mavellum boss is um but it's it's very enjoyable and it it is a nice big epic space opera. Um, so Mansour, talk to us about the Dalek defence.
2: Yeah, I think I, I agree with all of that. It works really well. Like with this whole run being a you know structured as a season, this does feel like the penultimate episode of a TV series. Um it feels very big, it's up the stakes, it has a massive reveal, Um, and I think it's just, but also just as an episode on its own, the thing that carries it is uh, the dynamic between Davros and the Doctor, which is always great, but uh, between... Because this Doctor has faced off against Davros, but um, in a kind of much more uh, sort of heated and brief way. He hasn't had those quieter, like, intellectual battle of wills uh type moments that uh, like colin baker's got a lot of those in in his stories for example um uh, tom baker had a little bit on tv and in genesis when they're talking about uh you know ethical dilemmas and and all of that uh so it was nice for david tennant to get a bit of those quieter more contemplative moments with davros in in this story um uh, and yeah, uh, the I uh, I don't know if I saw the reveal coming, um, but uh, it like I said, it works really well. I think in terms of uh, upping the stakes, and uh, and it's good to have Mark back in in some way. Um, and it's like a obviously a bit of a, a retcon, but the 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 thing that Davros wonders about. Um, Mark, you know, Mavellan being a corruption of Mark Seven is a is a clever little way to connect it all up as well. Um, Yeah, so I I really enjoyed this. I think I'd say this is the strongest episode for me of the three uh, in this box set.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's quite a fair thing to say. Actually, it's it's a very very strong episode. It's. I think something that often gets sort of leveled at um Telly Doctor Who is that the the set up for the finale is perhaps better than the the final episode itself. Um I know a lot of people have said this sort of thing about uh the sound of drums or utopia and the sound of drums um said the same about Bad Wolf I have said the same about army of ghosts heaven sent um and, uh, yeah, I guess it's Ascension of the Cybermen as well, I suppose. Um, I guess it's fair to say that it's, you know, it is a really,
0: really strong opening episode of a two-parter. Uh, Connor, what do you think of it? Yeah, I think it's a really strong finale. Um, I really, really like... I, I really like Davros as this sort of social manipulator. He sort of seems to sit in the middle of all the different factions here and play them off against each other, um, which works really well. Like you're not entirely sure whether he's working for the Daleks or whether he's working, you know, he is actually going to side with the Mavellans or what way you know it's gonna end up. And it ties in really well with his sort of relationship with the Daleks as it was presented on screen in those 80 stories. So I really like that. I love Terry Malloy's Davros. I think he is the best Davros um, of all the different versions that there have been. Um, and uh, it's it's a delight getting to hear him play off against David Tennant. I think you know it's it's like it's it's really fun to hear David Tennant getting to play in his era of Doctor Who as well. Um, sort of that little bridge between Destiny of the Daleks and um, Resurrection. So. It's 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 a lot of fun. I I think Davros is that sort sort of social manipulator, as I said, in addition to being the the brilliant mad scientist, evil genius that he is. Um it feels quite similar to Davros, um the story that they did with Colin Baker in the lead up to Zagreus. So that's that that, that there's a there's a lot in here reminds me of that story as well. Um which is always nice to be reminded of because I love it so much. Um, yeah, I, it's it's nice as well that they sort of return to Kemble because that has been sort of this unifying factor, this unifying location across all three series of "quote unquote" the Kingdom Saga. Um, you have a you know the the dad sits there in the Daleks' Master Plan. They revisit it in uh, the Syndicate Master Plan. And then it, uh, you know, we obviously come back to it now, and this is the sort of finale for it all. So if that feels right and proper, and it's a, it's a nice sort of moment um, when it gets tied into it's maybe in the next story actually, where uh, the doctor ties it into Sarah Kingdom uh, and her, her demise on Kimball as well. That he, he says something along the lines, of, "Oh, I'm not going to lose another kingdom on this planet." So. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that we return to that location, that planet that it does, and they give it the emotional weight that it it, it deserves. It's also the second trip
1: to Kemble for Anya as well, because obviously she went there with the fourth Doctor um, in a very different kind of time zone and situation. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's an excellent setup uh, for you know, an excellent first part of a finale. As we've all said, Davros is just brilliant. And there is something great about, about having David Tennant and Terry Malloy's Davros in this. And I think that mainly because of big finish, uh, but also because he's so damn good on telly as well. It's difficult to not see Terry Malloy as kind of the definitive Davros, really. I know there are a lot of people who go, no, that's Michael Wisher. He did it first and he did it perfectly. And I fully appreciate that. But, I do think that uh, Terry Malloy is, he's certainly done it more than anybody else. And I, I can't help but think he's done it better than everybody else as well. I really do like his version of the character. And I think we get the best version of that version in this. Um, obviously, we're going into the finale where there's an interesting little Davros, Terry Malloy Editing error, but we'll discuss that in a moment. Uh, But let's move on. Let's go to the Triumph of Davros, which is the the grand finale of Dalek Universe. And this episode has an awful lot to do. It's busy. We've got a big space war with multiple sides going on. Davros is manipulating everything. The Doctor's kind of trapped in the middle of it. Anya's kind of signed up with the local army, Um, and obviously Mark is back. As revealed, uh, Mark is the the sort of prime Mavellon. He's the main Mavellon. He's the boss. Um, And it's it's a nice little emotional kick, I think, sort of getting that reveal and finding that out. It's really, really well done. Um, As I said before, perhaps a little bit predictable. Perhaps it's something we guessed was going to happen. But I'm really glad it did, and I think it happened really well. And it, it sort of adds even more emotional weight to the Trojan Dalek that was such an excellent episode and had such a heartbreaking ending, really. Um, I wish we'd have got more of this TARDIS team. I really do think that uh, the three leads of Dalek Universe are brilliant, but I'm really glad that Mark did get offed and brought back in this way. Um, I think it does work really, really well. So uh, the triumph of Davros Mansour, you go first.
2: Yeah, this does work well i think the two things i think there is a little bit of what you said of it to be fair it's harder to do a final episode i think than it is to do a penultimate episode it's easier to up the stakes and um and, and do a big uh kind of showy penultimate episode where um everything's being unraveled putting that all back together in a really 100% satisfying way I think is a much tougher job and I think this does a lot of that Um, but like you said there's a lot going on and I'm I I quite often feel with Big Finish stories or stories in general that sometimes things go on a little bit longer than they need to and I sometimes say that you know this four part story could have been two parts or three parts and been much tighter I feel very much the opposite with this I feel like um, this was good but could have been better if it had been, an, if it had an extra episode, or even an extra 30 minutes if it was like a kind of overrunning 90 minute finale Um, just to give all those strands you mentioned a bit more space to breathe, because you've got a, a, there, there is a lot of character stuff that pays off and you have that narration that calls back to the start of the whole series, and uh and the doctor losing um mark and, uh, and Anya again um that all works well um but i there were there were other bits that i think got a bit um pushed to the side like it, it is explained i'm sure but, but like it, i felt it was quite quick just the resolution of how the doctor actually gets home um uh, it, there could have been a little bit more build up to that uh, and then similarly, again, I don't, you know, stories shouldn't drag on longer than they need to, but I could have done with a little bit more of a coda or follow up because there's some sort of reset or change in in time at the end, it seems, and w- with Mark. And um, I would have liked to have understood how that came about or explored what was going on with him and Anya at, at the end, what they were going off to do. Um, So, good finale, um, but yeah, I would have liked to have had more of it to allow it all to to breathe a bit more.
1: I'd agree, actually, that there's... Maybe we don't need more, like, a third part or an extra bit of this, but I think we do need a follow-up to it. Like, I genuinely want to know what happens, particularly to Anya, next, because she sort of nearly gets killed, doesn't, and is now stuck outside her time, and... You know she's signed up with the same people she was signed up with, essentially just a few hundred years different. And I do kind of want to, I want that to be picked up. I hope that is picked up at some point. You know, there's still room for it to be picked up. And Jane Slavin is excellent and still working with Big Finish. So fingers crossed. Um, Connor, what are your thoughts on the triumph of Davros?
0: Yeah, as you say, it's a very, very busy one. Um, I, I. I'm a little unsatisfied with how the Doctor and Anya part company um, because it does feel very rushed and very breathless and they don't really get to say goodbye and I'd argue that their conflict um, is never really properly resolved. Um, You never really get uh, the Doctor and Anya properly coming to terms with one another over the whole Anne Kelso thing. I don't think... um, not, not in such a way as their conversation that they get to finish having that conversation. Uh, from what I remember, so uh, I do think Anya's story feels very unfinished. I would love, we've said this before, we would love to hear more from Anya Kingdom after Dalek Universe. I do think she needs to meet the Doctor again um, to fully close off that particular aspect. Um, but I just want to hear more of her generally anyway because I think she's great and I think Jane Slavin's great so yeah it's it's very big sort of actiony blockbuster Um, there's not a huge amount of serious thinking needs to be done but I don't particularly mind that for a series finale with Daleks I think you get that I, I, I think you sort of want that whenever you've listened through a series like this, and it's getting to be the big Dalek action finale. I'm happy enough to listen to a Dalek action finale, so I don't have any real particular issue with that. Um, and I I I I it's it's it's. Utterly a testament to the performing, the performers and their performances in this that I can very happily listen to David Tennant and Jane Slavin and Terry Malloy and all else in this, you know, performing together. So that's uh, yeah, I think it's good. It's it's just it's just a pity that the ending does feel so rushed with the Doctor pretty much getting pushed out of the story by Anya um, and. They never really get to properly say goodbye. Unfortunately, I think that's a very fair point. Actually, like a lot of people, could perhaps argue that
1: the, the conflict, the Doctor and Anya's story, is done in the loss. It's finished, but it's not. It kind of it ends with ground to still be trodden and conversations to still be had, and those conversations don't happen. Uh, I do kind of wish there was some kind of proper goodbye. I wish there was some like you say, there was just something more to that departure, which again leaves me hoping that there will be something else at some point, hoping that there'll be more not just more Anya, I guess, but more Anya and the Doctor. You know, these characters should should meet again. Definitely there's room for them to meet again. And um I'd be up for a Anya actually becomes his companion in the TARDIS post time war kind of situation and let's do a series of that Uh, not that i think we'll be seeing david tennant at big finish anytime soon annoyingly but um it 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 would be rather good um so that's that's darlet universe we've done it um and it's a great series it's a really really good series um and i think that it sets a lot up and i think it delivers the majority of what it promises um we should uh, just sort of briefly talk about how this was... It was a big, big finish event, this was, and it wasn't just these nine episodes across three sets. There were other things as well. Um, there were other stories that tied in. There was a fourth Doctor story, Dalek Protocol released under the Dalek Universe banner. Uh, River Song met Anya and... Um and mark as you know as was mentioned uh, in queen of the mechanoids in her own set and i kind of wish there'd been more of that i kind of wish there'd been more tiny any type stuff you know it, there was a chance here for it to feel like a a proper expanded universe or mini bit of a universe i guess a dalek universe um and I I do like the fact that other stuff tied in, but I kind of do wish there was more of it. But is there just sort of anything either of you'd like to add about what we did get, about Queen of the Mechanoids and about the Dalek
2: Protocol? Um, yeah, we did get a couple of stories. I think what, what, what would have been nice is, yeah, a few more things, but maybe not too much more, because I think with those multimedia events like Time Lord Victorious and Doomsday, it can get a bit hard to make sure you've covered everything. But given how much the Mavelens were in this, it would have been nice to have had maybe something expanding on the world of Destiny of the Daleks, uh, or like a, a Mavelens story that um, that didn't feature the Doctor, maybe the, the, the prequel uh, to show us how River um, joined up with them. Uh, so, yeah, one or two extra stories might have been fun.
1: I wonder if a full a full Dalek universe-linked river set cause it could have worked because we had Queen of the Mechanoids. Um, yeah. Because the
2: you best know, maybe, river sets are, Yeah. The, like the best ones are the ones, I think, that have a through line um, rather than just being a sort of random anthology.
1: I'd argue the best river song was One Long Story and it was Friend of the Family. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, outside of that, I, I think maybe... River Song in the Dalek universe, you know, she could have met or had something to do with the nun in an episode. She could, there could, as you say, have been a Mavellan episode. And yeah, yeah. there could even have been one where she just got tied up with the SSS or something like that.
2: I like the mission to the unknown sort of approach, yeah, where it's the doctor isn't in it, but it leads directly into this story. Uh, yeah, that could have been good.
1: See, now you've said that, I'm actually surprised they didn't do it. Have a mission to the unknown type thing because they're they're right. definitely riffing on Master Plan. Oh yeah, um, very much. That that'd have be been interesting. Um. Anyhow, it, it's it that that's not what happened, but yeah, I'd I'd like the idea that this did sort of, I guess, vibrate through other big finish things. It it sort of made its mark elsewhere, um, and I I do like the idea of. I mean, Big Finish does do shared universes, but they're usually quite small. You know, we had the Peladon box set and uh, we've got Sontarans versus Rutans going on at the moment. And actually, I think something a little bit bigger across a few sets uh, could actually work quite nicely. I do think there's room for it. Um, And, you know, it's something they did fairly early on. They did it with Excellus and there's definitely room for it, I think. And so it... I'm surprised we haven't really had anything else like Dalek Universe since. Um, I know it was kind of a big lockdown, look, we've got David Tennant for two weeks to record kind of project. But I, I, you know, I'm surprised we've not had some kind of central, central series, central story uh, that other stuff ties into. And like I say, that kind of expanded universe thing, I do think there's room for them to try it
2: well those once and future i suppose with big finish it's a little bit hard because i remember like the virgin novels used to do little nice tie-ins between the missing adventures and the the new adventures but maybe it's a scheduling thing with um audio drama because they'd have to like plan that a lot more carefully in terms of when they're recording and writing and releasing maybe it's a bit easier with books and comics
1: yeah, suppose when you consider Once and Future, they recorded it over years. You know, they, they kind of grabbed people when they were in the studio and did, oh, let's do this one for the 60th as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dalek Universe, they didn't have the luxury of that. Dalek Universe was, right, who have we managed to post a mic out to? You know, whose who's mic of Royal Mail not lost? Um, and that's kind of how it came about, I suppose. Whereas. Yeah the scheduling thing is a thing like I I get the impression scheduling can be a bit of a nightmare for Big Finish and I'm certain it's the reason that you know releases change dates and get moved around and that kind of thing. So Dalek Universe as we've said it was a series it was events other stuff tied into it um what what do we think of it as a series we've kind of discussed the episode by episode but haven't really discussed it as a whole yet so it's Three sets plus a few add-ons. It's David Tennant as the Doctor. It's essentially David Tennant's fourth series. Um, so just overall thoughts of dalek Universe as a series. Go ahead, Mansoor.
2: Yeah, I think it does a really good job of replicating the field structure of a of a series. Um, and actually, well, because actually Do- Doctor on TV is probably not quite as connected as this. Like when we have an arc, we have a lot more episodes breaking it up but I actually prefer a bit more of a sustained run at the main story. That was kind of my frustration with um, Matt Smith's second series, series six, where you had this really, I thought, interesting arc running through it, and it got a bit disrupted and sidelined by a few too many just ordinary adventures slotted in there. Like A couple of those is good for for breathing room, but um, the Dalek universe, I think, is almost that sort of serialised storytelling but without the interruptions and uh, just manages to keep the momentum up because of that. Um, So yeah, I think replicates the feel of a TV series and probably like improves on it a little bit in terms of the approach to serialisation.
1: I think it's, format wise it's quite interesting because it's trying to be sort of 60s William Hartnell over Doctor Who in terms of serialisation, but it's also trying to be new Doctor Who in terms of serialisation. You know, it's really... It's trying to be Russell T. Davis and Terry Nation at the same time, and it's a real... A real mesh of styles, two very different styles, two very different areas of TV. And it just works really well. Like, they fit together so well, and you do sort of find yourself wondering, well, is Doctor Who just Doctor Who? You know, no matter how many reboots renewals regenerations and so on we have you know it's is it always just going to fit together and is is this kind of sandbox approach to it does it actually work i guess
2: yeah it pulls that off pretty well and i I think we talked about this last time like the amount of pre-reading or pre-watching there is potentially to get all of it because there's elements of master plan coming back there's elements of the Anne Kelso series coming back there's t v stories like destiny and and all the stuff that happens with davros um but it 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 somehow manages to not feel like a complete hodgepodge that's trying to match mash all these things together. It feels like its own relatively coherent thing and yeah you get more from it if you've heard all of the other stuff but I think um yeah I'd be curious to know actually what it's like for someone listening to to this uh cold without hearing the other stuff.
1: Yeah cuz I suppose the last time I re-listened to it I did it with absolutely everything you could possibly fathom uh as tie in material <laughs> alongside it you know I li- I did pretty much the complete Sarah Kingdom run including companion chronicles and short trips and all sorts um early adventures um and It was great. It really worked. It felt really coherent. It was this good sort of mix of Doctor Who, um, you know, and listening to Master Masterplan, the soundtrack of the Master Masterplan and that kind of thing around it. It it was just great. It it really does work together well as a full thing. But I can't imagine what it would be like coming to it new. And I imagine, as I said last time we talked about this, the last episode we did, a lot of people did come to it like that. They'll have seen David Tennant on the cover and gone, Ooh, David Tennant and Daleks. Yes, I'll have that. Let's give it a go. And it'd be very interesting to see, sort of, or hear what that reaction was. Um, Connor,
0: what are your thoughts of Dalek Universe as a whole? It remains as exciting now as it felt the day, you know, that it was announced and the day it came out and, you know, I think it was fantastic having that little sort of tentpole event listened throughout all of it, it was twenty twenty one wasn't it? Um, I think so. But it was it felt amazing like everybody was listening to that. You know, I remember people who n- didn't normally go for big finish catching up, doing Daleks Master Plan, doing Syndicate Master Plan, and then doing this because good grief, David Tennant was back. You know. I feel obliged to make that that'll never happen again joke um again um because it did, like that felt like a really huge thing like this is David Tennant series 4 um I, I still get that real shot of joy every time I listen through this and hear him doing another full series of Doctor Who uh, the the 10th Doctor adventures that aren't in Dalek Universe, so Volumes 1 through 3 and Out of Time and whatnot, they're great, I love them, but they don't work in quite the same way as this when you're listening to a series um, and you're getting that sort of story arc feel to, it, you know, to it, 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 it just lifts things and adds that extra dimension, it helps you get more invested as a listener when you're listening to this as part of a series, um, or something like this where as part of a series, um, and it's not just a, an hour and you're done and it's a standalone story, you know. So that's that's great. I think it makes excellent use of the Terry Nation elements. It brings something new into every little element. The Daleks are used, thankfully, very sparingly. And it does feel nice and punchy when they do turn up then uh, nearer to the end. I like revisiting those lesser-seen parts of the Doctor Who universe, those more 1960s-inspired bits and, you know, those those parts that sort of originate from the 1960s, the likes of the Space Security Service, and giving them that sort of, like, a new-who sheen, I was thrilled, and still am thrilled, that the meddling monk made it in in the form of the nun, and um, one of the very best reveals and cliffhangers and um whatnot as we talked about in the last episode. But it's just great to hear the tenth doctor going up against a Time Lord. N- not even a villain as such, just another Time Lord character in the monk um in in this because it's it's nice that he gets that little bit where it's not just the last of the Time Lords thing and it's not total antagonism um, in you know the form of the master. So Big plus. Really liked hearing that. Thought it was incredible that they managed to work that in with the monk. So that was a, that was great. And again, I said it last time. It it's it's an absolute testament to David Tennant, Jane Slavin, and Joe Sims that they managed to very very quickly and effectively integrate themselves as a TARDIS crew. That I remember the gap between Dalek Universe One and Two sitting going, Oh, I can't wait to hear, you know, the tenth Doctor Anya and Mark again. You know, like they felt they felt like a really properly solid TARDIS crew from even though the TAR said TARDIS crew, like a really solid leading trio from the word go. So I'm I would love to hear something like this again from Big Finish. I think they maybe will struggle to get something of the same you know, something that feels just as momentous as this. Um you know, without David Tennant, because I think I think that's a big part of why this did feel so exciting, um, at the time. But I would love to hear them do this more, where they just take a, a you know, do a, do a series of Doctor Who, in the way this was, that it is a big tentpole release that it's released periodically throughout the year, that you know there's this ongoing story arc that you can look forward to. I think it's a really effective way of working. Um and it's not one that they do too often. Now you still get it turning up in places like the eleventh Doctor Chronicles that have just come out do feel probably the closest analogue to this. Um or perhaps Torchwood. You've got yeah, the likes yes, no nah, yes, absolutely you've got Torchwood in there. And the Sex Doctor and Hebe stories, um, I would argue fit into a similar sort of mould as this, no, not exactly the same. But I would love them to do that where you're very eagerly anticipating the next release. It's something that you're looking forward to and you're excited to hear you're waiting for it. Um, and because you've, you've, because it's something that you can get invested in, um, as a listener, um, this ongoing story arc, and it's not just a standalone box set that you can pick up when you feel like it. So yeah, more, much more like this, please. I, I, I think this is a fantastic way of doing things. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be with David Tennant. I would love them to do. You know, it's it's the same. It's like you know they haven't done this so much really since Stranded with the Eighth Doctor. I'm really starting to miss it. But sort of go back to the likes of those Doom Coalition and Ravenous sets where you've got that ongoing arc and you're really, you know, you're very you're very eagerly anticipating the next set. I would love to get back into that sort of thing again with Big Finish.
2: And ideally. Not leaving it too long between releases because I feel like the it, it's nice to have them spaced out, but the Eighth Doctor ones, it can be quite a weight between them sometimes. Yeah. But I think Dalek Universe came out in quite close sequence, if I remember right. Like they were
0: very regular, wasn't... if I remember correctly. There was three months yeah. between each set, and it was it was it was a very regular release pattern.
1: I think last year's Torchwood series really benefited from being three months on the bounce was it may june and july i think yeah Um, and they kind of they knocked the monthly range on the head and they gave us a set a month and that was a series and yes it was over far too quickly but at the same time it felt really good having this coherent series and it is a series it's a a run of stories Uh, it felt really good having that um while you could still sort of vividly remember what went on previously um they didn't quite do it like this but i saw it suggested somewhere that they could actually have done it every four weeks so it's four episodes they could have done it four weeks so if you wanted to you could have listened to it one episode a week over 12 weeks uh, now in the end there was it was closer to sort of six to eight weeks gap in between sets because one was the start of the month the next one was the middle the next one was the end but it, it's
0: I think that's probably the closest we've had since Dalek Universe. I've actually really liked what they've done with the 8th Doctor the last couple of years. And unfortunately, they're not doing it this year. But they waited and it was um, the 8th Doctor sort of main releases for the years were kept until the end and released in fairly quick succession in November and December. They did that with the last two Live in Helen sets and they did it with the Audacity and Charlie sets last year. And I thought that was a really good way of working because it felt like you were waiting for the next series of the Eighth Doctor, and it was coming to you at Christmas time. You know, I loved that, um, and it felt you know like you were getting six episodes in fairly quick succession. They are now splitting it up. I think there's uh, the first. There's a new Living Helen set this year, um, in like May or July or sometime and around then. I I, 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 I think I'm going to miss that sort of. Wait, and then that solid blast of the whole series coming out at once towards the end of the year.
2: No, I agree, and I'm just guessing that the reason that they've gone back is maybe for people who only buy one or two Tardis teams. Those people might be, you know, going for a long time without any big finish stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think for those of us who consume a lot of it, I I agree. It's nice to have a sustained focus on one. One team or one arc for a little bit.
1: I think the the Live and Helen stuff's interesting because we're so used to having Live and Helen in in an ongoing series, you know, Doom Coalition Ravenous Stranded, that it's actually slight odd slightly odd to have these stories that are coming out now where A, we know how and when, roughly, Live leaves. Um and B, we don't know what happens to Helen at all. And um, as much as I don't want to see the back of Liv, I love Liv. Liv is one of my favourite companions ever, at all. Um, but I kind of do want to see where the Eighth Doctor and Helen go next, or you know, does something happen to Helen that causes Liv to decide to go back to Tanya in twenty twenty and all that kind of thing, and. I I like to think that will get explored. However, I also think that maybe we're going to be stuck in a bit of a, let's dig up this TARDIS team every couple of years limbo. Um, but it, it's, it, it kind of feels as though it's lost a sense of momentum since Stranded ended. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's good to have stories that are free of storylines or the 11 turning up or whatever. You know, I really did enjoy Doom Coalition and, ravenous and stranded but so there are advantages and disadvantages i guess of of this um i'd love to see them pick up in a series style format at any time though i'd really love to see that to be honest i'd love to see any doctor have a series at some point have something like dalek universe um you know we've had a lot of third doctor stuff from big finish but we've never had anything like that same with first second and Arguably fifth as well. Uh, I suppose we had the Mark arc for fifth, didn't we?
0: Yeah, that 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 was that. I really enjoyed it. I I, I also has um, sprung into mind there Shadow of the Daleks as well. Um, Ooh, felt yes, it sort of has a similar sort of feel where it's an ongoing series. Although it, uh, each element does feel a little more standalone in that case.
2: It's the reverse of this, really, isn't it? Because it's the fifth Doctor going the other direction yeah
1: across yeah the time war lockdown definitely led to a lot of time war jumping um well just just one more point of discussion really which uh, a consistent thing um throughout darlet universe and indeed before you know we connor you and i've talked about all of anya's adventures now um going right back to the fourth to stuff and She's been a great character. And, you know, we spoke to Jane Slaving. Jane Slaving was amazing when she came on the podcast. And when we did that, we sort of said, well, we want to do Anya's full story. We want to Anya as a character. And we have done. Uh, we've talked about all of Anya's stuff now. So just kind of let's let's have some last words on on Anya Kingdom as a character, you know, all the way through The Fourth Doctor and through this. So do you want to go first, Mansour?
2: Yeah, I think she's if you listen to all of her stuff in sequence it tells a, a nice story for her but with a lot of potential left like I fully agree I don't want to see what happens for her next with being you know slightly displaced in time maybe a a series that uh, like jumps around in her life or has some flashbacks because yeah with like with things like the House of Kingdom uh, I remember saying that there's a lot there to explore with her, her family and her background and where she's come from uh, before she met the doctor and all the Anne Kelso stuff. Um, So, yeah, she's had a compelling story, but I think there's a lot more potential there to to fill stuff out for her.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not sure how I want to see it continue, whether it be... An Anya spin-off series, whether she, you know, drops in and meets the Tenth Doctor a bit later on. Although Dalek Universe is definitely towards the end of the Tenth Doctor's life, um, could we maybe see her with the Doctor after that? Uh, earlier than that, um, it, it it would be very interesting to sort of see where where we can take the character
0: next. And I do think the character should go somewhere. Absolutely. Uh, what about you, Connor? The only thing I have to say about Anya Kingdom is more police. I don't think we've had nearly enough of her. I think she's a great character, and I love the energy that Jane Slavin brings to playing her. Um, As I've said earlier on, I don't think her story arc with the Doctor feels entirely resolved. I think my ideal version is where she gets a few spin-off adventures and then reunites with the Doctor at some stage. I would only do that if it was you know, David Tennant or a later version of the doctor. I wouldn't want her going back to meet an earlier version. I'm going have to do the whole mind wiping thing. I want proper closure to Anya's arc and Anya's uh, relationship with the doctor. Um, I think it would actually be really fun if at some stage, you know, if please at some stage, big finish. If you get Jodie Whittaker, uh, I think it would be very fun to have a 13th doctor and Anya, you know, team up at some stage. So, yeah, I I I would love to hear a lot more of Anya. Um, I think it's a great story. Like, you know, the whole Kingdom Saga, you know, with the two Master Plan series and Dalek Universe. I think it's a really great run through the history of Doctor Who. You know, with the first Doctor, the fourth Doctor, and the tenth. You know, probably the three most iconic incarnations of the Doctor, and I love that there's this linked series of them now that you can listen to on audio um between the uh soundtrack of master plan and then the big finish stuff so yeah that's uh, I, I, all i can really say as of you know said about anya is uh, more i will keep coming back to that stage if i keep talking so uh, more more anya please
1: and i've not really got anything to add apart from yes definitely more please um we we love the character we love the the adventures that that character's been on so far and there's definitely more room to be covered and hopefully we will see that at some point um but that's that is all we have time for so it's been great to discuss this it it it, it's felt like revisiting a proper event um and it was an event that came out at such a strange time it was you know as we know a lockdown recording and Released when maybe lockdown was lifted, but the spectre of COVID was certainly still hanging over us. Um, so it's it, it, it's really wonderful that something so brilliant and I guess creatively satisfying came out of that that era, that period of time. Um, so yeah, uh, I'd, I'd just love to revisit an awful lot from this, really. Um, but we will leave it there. Um, so I'll I'll say a big thank you to Mansour. Thank you. And a big thank you and goodbye to Connor. Thank you very much. And we'll be back for more podcasting very soon. Goodbye
2: now.